0: Welcome to Fireside Nets with Spen and Pete, your number one podcast for Brooklyn Nets news, opinions, and so much more. I'm Spen, he's Pete. We got a, a busy day today, Pete, in terms of just topics to talk about. And that's media was on, uh, media day was on Monday. Um, obviously the, the, the trades that have happened throughout the past seven days and and just a, a ton going on with the Brooklyn Nets and in the world of the NBA. Yeah,
1: and also it's Drake week. Drake's dropping an album in about uh, 48 hours or something like that. That's I got the Nets and I'm a big Drake fan, so I'm just I'm just waiting for for these hours to pass. It's, it's a good week. It's definitely a good week. Let's just jump straight into it. Let's go. Yeah,
0: I mean I don't even want to tell you my Drake's overrated uh, take. Whoa. We can do that. We can do that another time. No, no, no. We can do that another time. You know, I'm just just teasing the listeners there. Um, Nets media day uh, took place. Monday. I'm not sure. Has it been going on today? Today's Tuesday, October 3rd, by the way. But like I'm very confused because I keep seeing tweets of quotes, and I don't know if they're from yesterday or today.
1: I think people just keep on throwing them out there. It gets maybe retweeted or something.
0: Okay. Today was yeah. the first
1: day at Camp also, so there might be quotes from that.
0: Got it. Got it. All right. Well, a lot to get to, quote wise, but I want to start with nobody other than Ben Simmons. So, just to summarize, how Ben Simmons has been discussed prior to media day, and how he was, you know, discussed on media day. Everybody, including Ben Simmons, is super fucking hyped on Ben Simmons. Right? It's been incredible. So let's get started with the Ben quotes. Uh, says it's it's the best he's felt in a long time. Took him, you know, a while to rehab properly. But now he's comfortable, physically able to compete at the highest level. Those are his words. So thoughts on that? Did he say anything that surprised you there, Pete?
1: Uh, you know, it, it's kind of hard to take this with, with anything but a grain of salt because we heard last year how, uh, you know, I'm feeling great, I'm back. He said last year, oh, you know, it's going to be scary, quote-unquote, scary with this team. I think he used the same quote this year, that the Nets are going to be scary. and. Uh, what, what can you do when the guy kind of repeats the same things over and over? I do think he's going to be better, but but what else can we do until we actually see the action? You know what I mean?
0: I get it. There, there's something different about the way he's talking, the way that people are going about this than last season. I think it was easy for him to come in off his off his back injury, look at the team the Nets had, and be like, yeah, if I'm 40% of myself – this team could be scary. Pete, he wasn't wrong. I mean, before Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were traded, the Brooklyn Nets were a fucking scary team. And we saw moments where Ben Simmons was in that fourth or fifth best player on the team role, and he succeeded. He was good that we had those moments. So I was, I was had no problem with what he said last year. I didn't blame him. Now, obviously, his, his play tapered off pretty quickly. He was inconsistent. But – I, I gotta say, and, and and we're gonna talk a little bit about the back stuff here because you had brought it up a, a while ago, Pete. You you brought up doctor's notes and, and medical news, and I, I respected it. I would never go that far, but my wife Victoria, who I've mentioned on the show before, has been dealing with a herniated disc. It's a different, uh, it's a slightly different disc than he was dealing with, or I guess it's the same. I, I don't know the medical terminology, but very similar injuries. And uh, she has not been able to walk without being in pain for a month. Uh, She's getting surgery at the end of October, but she can't get on a plane. She can't get into a car. She can't virtually do anything without almost crying from the pain. And Pete, this guy was playing basketball. That's crazy. Well,
1: Well, let's keep in mind that was after surgery one. This is before surgery. But you do have a point. I thought it was interesting you mentioned the car because he said he couldn't even drive in his car, and you're mentioning your wife had similar issues. So I, I, I kind of I could see that. I could definitely could see that.
0: I mean, you're you're right. It was after surgery, so technically it's supposed to all be fixed. But man, you're you're playing basketball at the highest level against the greatest athletes in the world. You need a little bit more rehab time. And I I, I, I tell you this whole story to basically just tell you and the listeners. I kind of have a newfound respect for Ben Simmons. I, I, I don't think it was all mental. I think a lot of people harped on that. Yeah, does it suck to hear the outside noise when you're struggling? And, and can any human being get a little bit discouraged by like millions of people saying you suck? Sure, I get that. Um, but but having kind of watched my wife go through this back shit and, and, and seeing Ben Simmons struggle last season, it kind of makes sense. So in, in his words... He's basically said he's ready. He thinks that he can do Ben Simmons type things now, which we did not see last season. Um, so I, I, I think that is extremely promising now that he's, and, and you know, them shutting him down for the rest of the season last year, it kind of makes sense now. So he can really focus on getting right. Uh, I'm excited, Pete. And, and listen, if he stinks and he dupes us all, then I am a motherfucking sucker. But I don't think that's going to be the case.
1: You know, I like I've been kind of a little harsh the last couple of minutes, but I, I tend to agree with you. Jacques Vaughn said he, he said uh, what, he's the most explosive he's seen him like in these practices. And, you know, I don't know why, but I really believe that. I really believe that. Like you said, I looked at the medical journal saying it takes two years to recover from the surgery. And a bad back is a is a hell of a thing. If you ever had like a serious back injury, it's a hell of a thing. I'm here for Ben Simmons and I'm here for a redemption season. I really am.
0: There are two more Ben Simmons quotes. I want to point out before moving on. Um, Number one, he said that the nets can be one of the fastest paced teams in the league. I hadn't really thought about that, but he can push the ball. Dinwiddie can push the ball. Nick Claxton can run the court. We've seen him do that. He's one of the most mobile centers in the league. McHale and Cam Johnson can all, all push the ball. Um, if anyone isn't the guy to push the ball, I kind of look at Cam Thomas because he is more yeah. of a half-court one-on-one scorer. Um, I, I thought it was an interesting quote. And like like when we've seen Ben Simmons at his peak, a lot of his game is getting downhill, getting a defensive rebound, and, and, and just pushing the pace. So thought that was an interesting quote. And then the other, the other quote I liked, um, he said that Mikhail Bridges is a great basketball player but an even better person. And we haven't really seen a lot of those Ben Simmons, Mikhail Bridges interactions in a, in a weird way. They're, they're, they're two out of three or four of the leaders on the squad right now. So any thoughts on on either of those those quotes, the fast-paced team quote or the Mikhail being a great basketball player and a better person quote?
1: The fast-paced uh, kind of sticks out to me, and I'll tell you why. Sean Marks took a lot of shit, right? Took a lot of shit this offseason. But one thing that he did do was he molded this team in his vision – of keeping it very athletic and keeping it very defensive and very, you know, we're going to score on transition. We're going to be moving around a lot. And uh, I, you got to give the guy credit for at least that, for molding the team in that vision that it kind of, it kind of, the you can see the pieces starting to fit.
0: It's funny you're crediting Sean Marks. And I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I say it's funny because I wasn't going to talk about him today. I I watched every player uh, interview in, in next media day, and when he got up there, I was just I, I, I've had enough of Sean Marks from the standpoint of I get it, I understand what he's trying to do. He pivoted very well from the KD stuff, like, but I don't want to hear from him at this point. I want to hear from the players. I want to hear from the guys putting the product on the court. Uh, maybe maybe it's just because I have Sean Marks fatigue at this point.
1: So you're um, trying to be bullshit? Is that what you're trying to say? Trying to what? Are you tired of his bullshit?
0: In a sense, yes.
1: With fodder, the being yeah. nicer about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm tired of it. Um, but I give him credit. Look, the, a few a few more teammates of Ben Simmons talking about what they expect this year. Royce O'Neal believes in Ben Simmons. He worked out with him this offseason, says he has that pop back working hard in the gym, etc. Another you, you know, uh encouraging sign that. This guy might be ready. Cam Johnson was asked, how important is it that Ben Simmons, you know, is an integral part of this team. He said, it's crucial and critical. The dimension that he adds is unique and allows the nets to do a lot of unique things says, as a shooter, you always want Ben Simmons on your team. Of course, You know, J- just, just guys, um, guys, giving given this guy some love and, and, and giving this guy some hype and, and getting the nets ready to go. And then, Can
1: I I, I cut you off over for one second? Yes, for sure. A lot of people forget about this. But Ben Simmons' uh, quote-unquote special ability, as quoted by J.J. Redick, is creating the open three. Yes. And a guy for, like, Cam Johnson, who likes to sit in the corner and catch and shoot threes, that's going to be huge. For a team that's, you know, maybe not going to be the most uh, talented offensively, getting those open looks by Ben going downhill is going to open up everything and I think everyone agrees
0: with that right yeah I remember that interview that was when Ben Simmons was on uh the old man in the three mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Pete what's the word I'm looking for when like someone in politics is it I guess endorses
1: right yeah yeah, yeah. that Cosine. was the word
0: I was yeah cosigns endorses I was looking for that word maybe there's another word I'm missing but uh you love it that his teammates are endorsing him before the season. And then the last quote that I just, I thought was extremely interesting. And, you know, I, I, I say this Dinwiddie is one of the most honest and transparent guys out there, right? He never needed to say that shit about Kyle Kuzma. He, he, he said it and he didn't sugarcoat it and it started whatever, but like he was, so I kind of, when, when Dinwiddie talks, I listen because he, he doesn't lie. He kind of says how he feels. He said to a certain extent Pete that this is Ben and Mikhail's team he said this is Ben's team which is, is is a wild quote for me because we you know at most Ben was the third or fourth guy on this team last year right so what do you think of Mikhail I'm sorry Mikhail Spence who last season Spence was one of the leaders on the squad coming in and saying this is Ben and Mikhail's team uh,
1: I think about it right? this team is only going to go as far as they're going to go. So it's not very surprising to hear that. We all know, like I just said a couple minutes ago, and everybody agrees on this, if Ben Simmons is Ben Simmons and he like somehow returns to an all-star level, this team will not only make the playoffs, but I, I think they could be a top-five seed. I really do. Think about the defense. You think about the offense. Think about, you know, if he's healthy playing in, I don't know, 70 games, 70, 80 games that's that that would be a big boost uh but no it's no it's not surprising to me whatsoever it, they're only going to go as far as they go right like i don't know what to say
0: i'm going to take your quote and i'm going to just change it modify it slightly and you said if somehow ben simmons gets back to all-star form i'm going to say go when ahead. when ben simmons gets back to all-star form look we I I'm agreeing in the, with you in the sense that like at peak this team is a four or five seed. There's no way they can surpass the Celtics, Bucks, I think, or the Sixers right now. We can get into it. They're probably on the same level as as the Knicks, as as those you know four through eight teams if they play peak basketball. The Cavs that that's how good they can be. But if they're having a great start to the regular season, and there's a disgruntled superstar out there. I wouldn't put it past Sean Marks to try to make a move to better this roster a little bit to somehow put ourselves in that top three conversation.
1: That could happen very easily. Spencer Dinwiddie is going to be a free agent at the end of the year. I've been harping on this a lot. There's no way that Spencer Dinwiddie is going to be in net at the end of the year. And as everybody knows, he's my favorite player. But think of it this way he's not going to be re signed, they don't have the cap space or the tax room or whatever. To make this happen, so literally, it's you go to the end of the year and you lose him, or you trade him at the deadline, and you either get a couple first-round picks or you get back maybe like a star player, and you know depending on where this team is, it could be it really could be a star player.
0: It could be, and you and you think about the other pieces on this team, right? A Royce O'Neal, a Dorian Finney-Smith. These guys are good NBA players. You paired one of those guys with Dinwiddie. I mean, look, Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith got the Mavs, Kyrie Irving, with, with a draft pick or two, right? You package those two guys again, you're telling me we can't get a top 15, top 20 player in the NBA? Um, I, I just, yeah, I, I don't know. I think maybe I'm getting a little hype because of media day, but
1: – <laughs>
0: And that's okay. That's okay. Uh, sticking with Spencer Dinwiddie, moving off Ben Simmons – Dinwiddie agrees with you and me, Pete. He thinks that the Nets could be around a four or five, six seed. Oh no, if you're a six seed, you have to play in, right?
1: Uh yeah.
0: It's mm-hmm. right. So he thinks that you know the Nets can avoid the play-in game. He thinks that um
1: No, no, I, no. The six, no, I gotta clear six, six is good. It's seven, eight, nine, ten. Seven,
0: eight, nine, 10. Okay. So he thinks they can be four through six. Um, he he would not go as far to be like, we're a championship contender which is good because he's realistic, right? He speaks the truth. Um, I I did like what he said in terms of he he thinks he'll shoot less off the dribble threes and a lot more catch and shoot threes because of playing with Ben Simmons. He shot a lot of end of the shot clock, one-on-one threes. And, I mean, he was quick to say it. Like, he didn't shoot a great percentage, but that's a fucking ridiculously tough shot for 99.9% of the, the rest of the NBA. So that's your boy Dinwiddie right there.
1: Shout
0: out to him. All right. Uh, the one guy we haven't really mentioned yet, Nick Claxton. Um, a lot of buzz around him this year, right? So he, he said during media day he still has a lot more to prove around the league. He wants to show people last year wasn't a fluke. Uh, his offensive game took huge strides last, last season. He led the league in field goal percentage. Um, taking three-pointers, that's something that he did a little bit in college, something he wants to get back to said he's putting a lot of work this summer, and maybe Nick Claxton takes a three a game. What do you think of that?
1: I like it. I'm, I'm here for it. I think he played in maybe like three or five G League games, and his three-point percentage wasn't that bad. I should have had it in front of me, but I, I don't have it right now. But it, I, I believe it was it was pretty good, and uh, I, I'm, I'm here for it. And you know what? If you're going to have Ben Simmons in the starting line of Witt Clax, you might need Clax to take a three a game, Just to keep the teams honest, because let's be honest, last year, Ben Simmons got sagged on so badly. You'd see Ben Simmons, the top of the key, and you'd have his defender waiting like at the free throw line. And you can't have that. You want Ben Simmons to to be able to go downhill. And he's not going to be able to do that if everybody's sagging off him and the other guys are just going to cheat. Right. Like it's tough. It's tough. It's going to be tough. But I'm here for question threes
0: there were a few possessions last season where Klax had the ball at the end of the shot clock and he had to turn and, and just shoot a baseline jumper and that was a 10 12 foot jump shot but he was hitting him there were a few of those moments last year so I, I obviously he's gonna be a set three-point shooter I don't see him being like a catch and shoot jump shooter um it'll be interesting I, I I'd like to see him and Ben Simmons shoot a three or two a game and then 80%. the only OBO- even Ben, why not? Shoot a three. I don't care if you clank it. Just show me you have the, the stones to shoot a three. I'm not asking for two to three attempts a game. I'm asking for one attempt every few games. Look, if Ben Simmons somehow plays 80% of games this season, which is a lot, a lot. I, I he has to shoot a three every now and again.
1: I don't know about that. but All <laughs> yeah, <right>. the,
0: <laughs> the last thing that Claxton said, uh, which I totally agreed, agreed with, he thought he was snubbed last year for any all-defensive teams, any defensive awards. He said once KD and Kyrie were, were traded, everyone basically forgot about him and, and just stopped paying attention to what he was doing. Do you agree with that?
1: Oh, absolutely. Like, it's it's insane. It's insane. This guy was being talked about Defensive Player of the Year. He was putting up these crazy numbers. December, I think it was his best year uh, – his best year – his best month of the season. He was averaging, like, almost 15 points – Eight rebounds, two assists, insane numbers, and then all of a sudden, Katie Kyrie gone. The numbers didn't even take that much of a hit. His shooting percentage actually went up. His points went down a little bit, but still, like Jesus Christ, the guy totally got shit on by everybody. He what? He didn't even make top five in defensive player of the year, right? Yeah, I don't think he was even on the list until like the very end of the list. I Think maybe he got like one vote. I might be wrong, but that's insane. It's it's in fucking bullshit.
0: Yeah, I uh I and 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 you know the only positive about it, Pete, is he has a chip on his shoulder now, right? That's motivation. He he's been working hard this offseason. He's coming into camp motivated. He wants to prove that he is a top ten center in this league.
1: Yeah, I thought Spencer did he also said something very interesting about Klax. He said, even if he shits the bet, he's gonna make about seventy million. And you know what? Spence is so fucking right. Even if this guy, I was, I said on, on my podcast, even if uh, Klax gets hurt for whatever reason, he's gonna make so much money right now. If he could do what he did last year, even ninety percent, eighty percent, he's looking at a max deal, right? Yeah, you gotta give it. Yeah. You gotta give it to him. He deserves it.
0: I mean, we all know the contract that Rudy Gobert got back in the day. Uh, Claxton's better than him. Also, the trade package that the the Timberwolves gave up for Gobert. Like, you know, I don't know. I I love Claxton, and I just think he's going to be sensational this year. He's going to be a top three center in the East. It might be Embiid, and then after Embiid, who else is there? Uh, Adebayo, and maybe Claxton's number three.
1: I could see that very easily. All right.
0: These were these were some quick quotes so uh, this, this segment is called quick but whatever um, I think the obvious one is Vaughn said that Mikhail Bridges is gonna have the ball a lot more in his hands this year and and Mikhail Bridges said that as well. yeah duh. Uh, he's our best player. he averaged 26 points a game last season so he should have the ball in his hands a lot. nothing really there. Uh, Cam Johnson injury. Nothing serious, so he he hurt his hamstring a little bit, but he said he's good. It's a little bump in the road. He's already taken care of it and already feeling better. I know you are an extreme worrywart.
1: Told you so.
0: But if he doesn't miss any time,
1: how 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 do you get a hamstring injury? How do you get a hamstring injury? That means he's probably overdoing it it a little bit. Maybe if he doesn't play on Team USA. He doesn't get this injury.
0: No, yeah, but, but time out. Time out. Because, like, you, a lot of these guys were working out. Pete, these guys aren't just hanging out at home, sipping Mai Tais, watching film, being like, ah, oh, like, they're still working out. He could have eaten. Someone, uh, Draymond Green fucking sprained his ankle.
1: That, he wasn't
0: on Team USA. I
1: know, but still, it's a different competition. in oh, so- And, and, and playing, playing at home in FIBA is the same competition.
0: Not to mention that Cam Johnson didn't really play, <laughs> he was kind of so all that travel.
1: Just saying, yeah. just saying, right. listen, it doesn't mean, like you said, it doesn't mean that it was you know any correlation. But I just like to say, you know, I, I was saying, what if these guys got hurt? I get now it. Now we don't know. A F-
0: few other role players had some interesting things to say, Doreen Finney Smith. Uh, says he has a chance to redeem himself this year in regards to his shooting struggles last season. Um, he was, he was almost unplayable at times down the stretch last year on offense. It was, it was tough. Uh, do you think he's going to get, get back to the DFS we saw in Dallas?
1: I, I really do think so. I really, really do. I like him a lot. I thought he was going to be able to come into this next team and provide some three and D didn't happen. I think he turns it around this year. Last year, you can't look at those what 25 games, 20 games. That that was a whole shit storm. Let's let's you know throw that away. Give him a fresh start, right? Give the guy a fresh start.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's gonna be him and Royce competing for minutes in that small ball lineup, right? If we've we've seen Royce play the five before, we know DFS can play the five if you're going small ball. Um, I, I think those guys are going to compete for minutes uh, alongside, you know, the trend in Watford's, the Darius Bazley's who are just trying to see the court. Um, Lonnie Walker. He was also asked a few questions. He thinks that the leaders on this team, not being egotistical and then being super relatable helps. It helps a great deal. And he's referring to Mikhail, Cam, Ben, Clax, et cetera. He comes from a team, you know, on the Lakers where, started the year with a few egos, you know, Russ, AD LeBron, the coach, there was some turmoil there. They move Russ, they they get going in the playoffs, but, uh, you don't have a LeBron or AD level type superstar on this team. So for a guy like Lonnie Walker, it's gotta be a little refreshing, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. Right. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like the players that, that Sean Marks came, like kind of brought in and whatnot. Uh, Having a guy like Lonnie Walker, playoff experience, I, I, I don't know. It's it's going to be tough to rely on Mikel, Ben, and Clax the entire year. And we're going to see someone like a Lonnie Walker have that moment of maybe putting up like a 30-point game, a 20-point game. And, uh, every, you know, every team needs those type of guys, right?
0: They do. And we saw what Lonnie did in L.A. last season um, in that playoff game against the Golden State Warriors. He came through. Uh, but that was, you know, it was under the pressure of LeBron James to hit those shots. Like there's no, my, my whole point is there's no like LeBron, like putting the pressure on him. He's just gotta, he's gotta want it himself. And I, I think he proved last season that he's capable and, uh, we'll, 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 see if he can come through for us this year. Um, one guy who had a great answer, uh, who, who's, you know, been scrutinized a lot since he's, since he's been on the Brooklyn Nets and that's Cam Thomas. Um, you know, he's asked a question, like, would you, would you like to have more playing time? Or do you think you're going to have more playing time this season? His answer was, you never know. You just need to stay ready at all times, whatever the role is. I'll be ready no matter what. So the fact that this guy who we know can score in the NBA, we, we know he can light it up and he has not seen consistent minutes throughout his career. And he still has that mindset mentality. You got to give him credit. With, with, with all the superstars requesting trades and all the guys unhappy in their roles, if anyone has a reason to complain, it's Cam Thomas. But he's using this opportunity to be like, "No, I'm ready."
1: Timeout. You you believe this?
0: It's not that I I believe it. It's that he said it, and he said it with a smile on.
1: That, listen. That's fair, right? Because keep in mind, this is the guy that, that that was asked, "Oh, how could you get better or whatever?" After I don't know, after a game, and he said, "Uh, he said I, I I don't know." It's a big attitude shift, but you know what? That's the smart move, right? That's that, that that's the move, and that's the move you want to see as a Nets fan. And I, I hope he does get playing time because the team is gonna need him.
0: Last quote I wanted to discuss. Uh Dennis Smith Jr., first of all, I, I was unfamiliar with his personality. He's fucking funny, dude. I yeah, like him a lot. He's got a great personality. Talking about, you know, his role on his team, signing with the Brooklyn Nets, he said he feels like he is – it's a hand-in-a-glove fit, and he has a different skill set skill set than most guys on this team, and the Brooklyn Nets can really use his skill set. Um, I botched the quote. Uh, I paraphrased there, but just, you know, how excited are you to see him in this rotation, backup point guard, can come in, really just a great on-ball defender, can score in, in, in kind of batches. Uh, how excited are you for Dennis Smith, Jr.?
1: He was my favorite, like, uh, I guess, piece coming into the new season. My favorite pickup in the offseason for sure. I'm really high on Dennis Smith Jr. I, I don't know why. I, I'm not expecting him to hit a couple threes. I, I think that's, that's asking a little bit too much. But as far as just the defense and the transition and the dunks, I think he's going to really provide, like he said, something that this team doesn't have. And I'm really big on him. I think he gets about 15 to 20 minutes a game by the end of the year. I really do.
0: The only thing that sort of scares me about him and Ben Simmons is our point guards. And I like Dinwiddie's a point guard, but he's probably going to be more of a, a shooting guard on this team
1: mm-hmm. is
0: neither of them shoot threes. I don't think I've ever gone into a season with two point guards who really don't shoot the three ball.
1: That's a good point. But, you know, it's going to be different, different roles in different times. You're not going to have Dorian uh, Finney-Smith. So you're not going to have Dennis Smith Jr., you know, at... Uh, I don't know, with five seconds left and you need a three. He's not going right. to be on the court at that time. You, you, let's be honest, right? When he's going to be in the game, he's going to be on the defensive possessions. Nice crack in my voice. He's going to be there for the defensive possessions when you need the stops. So that's fine. I understand fair. what you're saying, though. I understand what you're saying. It is a it is something to think about.
0: I mean, look, we, we talked about Lonnie Walker and, and Cam Thomas. Those guys can hit the three. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie can hit the three. And then McHale and, and Cam Johnson are proven three-point shooters in this league. Uh, Royce and DFS can, can also shoot from beyond the arc as well. So, I, I, you know, I named two guys that happen to play the same position who can't do that, but the rest of our team. And if Claxton starts shooting threes, who knows? Um, all right, we're going to move on to an, uh, our next segment. It's called First Thought. So a lot of moves, Pete, happened in the last several days in the NBA. A lot of gigantic blockbuster trades. We're going to start with Damian Lillard going to Milwaukee. First thought:
1: What the fuck? I feel like we we should have seen that one coming, but it was still a shock when, when, when you hear it. You didn't think that the Bucs would be interested in Drew Holiday, but you know here here we are, and you know look at it, another super team in the East. Like, here, here we go again. That is my thoughts.
0: My first thought was perfect fit. Yeah. I think that Drew Holiday is a good, solid NBA player. I think we tend to overrate him a little bit because he is the third-best player on a, on a really good perennial Eastern Conference team that won a championship a few years ago, and then they lost in the first round to the Miami Heat. Drew Holiday got torched. The last memory Bucks fans have in their heads – is, is Jimmy Butler talking shit and then shitting all over Drew Holiday on the court. So I, I just – Giannis has never had an offensive talent like Dame Lillard. Chris Middleton is a, again, really good NBA player. He's not Damian Lillard. So I, that was my thought. Perfect fit. All right, next. First thought, Drew Holiday, Boston Celtic. I
1: thought he was going to the Clippers. That was my first thought. It's like, oh, shit. But they traded Robert. I'm surprised. They traded Robert Williams. Uh I think it was a pick and somebody else. I forgot the extra player, but that 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 was in, I thought that was very interesting. And I think it was a great move by the Celtics. Good pickup. Yeah.
0: I look, they had to replace Smart. You yeah. had to figure out a way to do that. Holiday is a better offensive player than Marcus Smart, in my opinion. Defensively, yeah. I, I comparing them, they're similar. I think Smarts a little bit more physical, just because he's got a bigger body than Holiday. But I, I like Holiday's offense more than Marcus Smarts. Um, all right, first thought: DeAndre Ayton is a Portland Trailblazer.
1: What do you say? He's dominant. Oh, my name is a uh, dominating Dominating,
0: dominating.
1: <laughs> dominating. That, that that was hilarious. Uh, one of those guys has to be traded, right? That that was my first thought. That one of these guys have to be traded. They can't keep up with them, can they?
0: I they can because uh Ayton can hit the mid-range. And Williams is a tenacious defender. So you put Ayton around that free throw extended, have him run the offense a little bit with Scoot, a little, you know, DPO, dribble, uh, dribble handoff, DHO. Um, I think it could work. I know they want to move Brogdon. I know that's the guy that that Portland is insistent on moving. Uh, get another pick. You know, give the general manager of the Trailblazers credit. I think his name is Cronin.
1: Yeah, it is. Really,
0: really good haul for uh, for him to get these guys. And, you know, Miami kept scoffing at what, what Portland was asking for, and Portland said, fine, we'll go elsewhere. So uh, Pat Riley is, is still the man, but I don't know. He it, This was not a good look for the Miami Heat.
1: Do you think they messed up?
0: I think that bringing back Kyle Lowry as your starter, going. I'm not saying that them going to the championship was a fluke, but when you go to the championship, you need and you lose, you need to improve the next year. Look at what the Golden State Warriors did a few years ago. They lost to the Cavs in seven games. What did they do? They went out and got Kevin Durant. Phoenix Suns lost in the championship a few years ago. They they had a, a championship level team this season, but they saw an opportunity to get Kevin Durant and they upgraded. The fact that the Miami Heat haven't done that, it just it doesn't sit well with me. So I, I do agree. think it was it was a mistake not trading for Dame.
1: I agree 100%. It, it, especially that how badly he wanted to come to Miami and Jimmy Butler wanted him there so badly. It's wild. But whatever. Shit happens.
0: My last fir- first thought James Harden is expected to join training camp for Philly. Daryl Morey's about to win this standoff, but there are reports that he, quote unquote, might make it extremely painful for Philly. First thought.
1: <laughs> sucks to be you sucks to be you both of these people both, both, uh, both the organization, the 76ers and Harden, Harden you should have stayed in Brooklyn you should have taken the contract sucks, sucks to be you Philadelphia sucks to be you now you got this problem on your hands you couldn't trade him, and now what are you going to do that's going to be a great situation you have uh, Kelly Oubre Jr. who basically stole Harden's girl and wound up marrying her could you, what is that going to be like on the court every day that is must see tv i need to see this if i'm hard I'm, is... throwing, I'm throwing no no i gotta throw i gotta throw like these these bean passes at his head every day any day so I'm, I'm hyped to see that that's gonna be fun
0: that story is crazy i i that's exactly what my first thought was is i just read this insane story of how Ubre stole hardens girl now he's gonna show up at training camp like just mind-boggling. Um, I, I, I think he's kind of a pussy harden for, for letting Daryl Morey win and showing up to training camp. But well, I guess uh, timeout. He
1: has to. He has to. And he to. might
0: not practice. The whole thing is he might just show up and not play. We'll, well see. I don't know. I
1: such the such to the be them.
0: Look, well, you know? James Harden and Ben Simmons traded for each other. One guy is getting so much hype. His team is rallying around him, and the vibes have never been better. The other guy is trying to force his way to Los Angeles, not getting his way, and is going to show up to training camp 50 pounds overweight.
1: It's hilarious.
0: All right, Pete. We're going to end the show with uh, a little segment called Is Hoops Hype – or Hoops – yeah, Hoops Hype. Are they smarter than Spend?" So I saw that they posted this list of the 15 players for the 2023-2024 season. I made my own list, all right? So I'm going to read you both lists, but I'm not going to tell you which one is mine, which one is theirs. It's going to be list number one, list number two. I'm going to read them off. You're going to tell me which list you like better. Are you ready?
1: I'm ready. Go ahead.
0: Okay. List number one. Nikola Jokic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Luka Doncic, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid, Devin Booker, Jason Tatum. We're at eight right now, or we're at nine. Um, um, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm copying this down.
0: Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Jimmy Butler, Damian Lillard, Shea, Gilgis, Alexander, Ja Morant, Donovan Mitchell. That's one through 15. Top 15 players in the league. List number one. Okay. List number two. Nikola Jokic, same number one. Our two and three are swapped. So this, this number two has Luka and number three is Giannis Antetokounmpo. List number two. Jason Tatum is four. Joel Embiid is five. Steph Curry is six. Shea Gilgis-Alexander is seven. KD is eight. Devin Booker is nine. Anthony Davis is 10. Anthony Edwards is 11. Jimmy Butler is 12. John Morant is 13. Damian Lillard is 14. And Kawhi Leonard is 15. List number one, list number two.
1: I have, I have issues with both lists. But let me look. I'm gonna I wanna look. I wanna give a, a fair and honest opinion. I'm gonna say uh I'm gonna go with list two, but uh I think Steph Curry's a little bit too high.
0: You son of a bitch. That was not my list. My list was hoops hype. I'm sorry, my list was list one, hoops hype's list was list two. Why did you not like list one?
1: <laughs> I'm gonna tell you why. I, I like list two because because you had Embiid and whatnot and Booker. Your list your list was was good, but I think you put Tatum, you put Tatum too high. You put too out, you're, too getting, high. you're getting you're
0: getting confused. The one that had Tatum four was list two. I put Tatum eight.
1: Okay, so so let, let, let me copy this down. So the one with uh, Jokic, Dantich, Unenkoopu, and Tatum was hoops hypes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I. Hmm. Oh, you know what I did? I'm sorry, guys. I messed. I messed up the lists. I like the list. Uh, I. I just have, I have the players listed, so I get a little confused. The list that I like is the one with Jokic, Aden, Dantich, and Curry as the top four.
0: Okay, that's my list.
1: But but you put Curry way too high.
0: Okay. Okay. But that's okay. I'm with you. All right. Cool. So uh, you like my list more? Yeah. I like your list more, but you put Curry way too high. Take that, hoops hype. Oh, we have a comment. <laughs> did, did you see the comment? No. Cliff, uh, a minute ago, who I might be familiar with, I might know this gentleman, he wrote, Tatum at nine, you clearly don't know ball. If you were listening, Tatum was eight, and uh, I do know ball because <laughs> the seven guys I listed ahead of him are better than him. Also, he choked in the playoffs against Miami, He's a great player, but I, I need to see him come through and, and be that, you know, be that dude in the moment for him to be top five, top six.
1: I just like Pete? that. I just like they're giving you shit. I love it. I, I love, love it too. Keep it going. feed off
0: it. I feed <laughs> off it. All right. It's, t- it's time to end the show. Fun little <laughs> show. Sorry we recorded on a Tuesday. We'll get back after it next week on Monday. Pete. Any final words for the listeners?
1: Yeah, I just dropped an episode with Nets Press uh, yesterday and Sunday. You guys can check it out. It's full episode now on YouTube. I usually don't do YouTube videos. This is my first YouTube video. So, uh, guys, please check it out. Drop a like, subscribe if, uh, if you'd like it. And uh, that's it. We're out. Let's go Nets.
0: Thank you for listening to another edition of Fireside Nets with Spen and Pete. Tune in next week, and we will see you soon. Later. Everyone?